2: we On the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers
3: Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, right here on six seventy. to score and your free Odyssey app, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball between nine and eleven, like we do every Saturday morning, recapping an emotional week for the Chicago Cubs and mentioning the White Sox for anyone out there in Sox land still
4: paying attention. Good morning, Bruce. How are you doing? Morning, David. Yeah. You know, that that's a really interesting statement you make right at the end. Is anybody still paying attention to the Chicago white Sox? We'll find out today. Uh, another, uh, humiliating loss last night in Colorado. And, uh, as our job is David, uh, I watched the entire game, uh, and, uh, even though we, I get paid to do it, uh, it wasn't wasn't the easiest thing to do, watching them uh, struggle in Colorado. But uh, I digress. Where would you like to begin today, my friend?
3: Well, I think it's uh, obviously with the Chicago Cubs because they have had a very big week. Number one, on the field, the Christopher Morrell home run, the walk-off against the White Sox, I believe – is right up there with the biggest moments of the season. Certainly the loudest, Bruce. Probably in in a very long time at Wrigley Field. You have to go back to some people thinking the 2016 World Series before it was that loud. The last time it it rocked like that when Christopher Morel hit the walk off against Gregory Santos. But also, you were there yesterday. I think the the you know, the news of the week, really the the news that will dictate maybe the course of the next six weeks. Marcus Stroman out likely for the season, with a mysterious rib cartilage injury, Bruce. Take it from there. What did Marcus Stroman have to say? We'll hear from him in a moment. And I I think that dominates all other headlines this week.
4: Okay, so let's uh, set the scene. Uh, and, and thanks for setting that up, David. Uh, during, uh, I think it was around the fourth or fifth inning, we were called by the media relations department and told that Marcus Stroman... Uh, would be speaking to us and he came all the way up from the clubhouse uh, via the elevator and security people to uh, talk to us uh, in the media lunchroom and so we all gathered there to talk to him and uh, at the time you know we had we had asked you know since these reports about uh, him not being able to pitch wednesday and having a different injury we asked to talk to him and uh, the cubs media relations uh, you know, acquiesced, and they, uh, they brought him up. And uh, it, it was an odd setting, but nonetheless, uh, it was a setting that for the first time we got to ask Stroman how he thinks this injury occurred. And David, I'll just round it out by saying, even after talking to him for a good six or seven minutes, we still, and he still has no idea, according to him, uh, how this injury occurred and, and that is the amazing Outcome to this that he did a side session on Sunday He took infield practice right afterwards with no Sign of any problems and then once he got to the bench uh, He started feeling some pain in his uh, Rib cage area uh, called the trainers and uh, We'll take the story from there.
3: Well, the Stroh show remains a mystery worthy of Netflix, is what you're saying? Because this is something that we need answers, and we have more questions than answers. And we'll get to what Marcus Stroman has to say and had to explain for himself in a moment. I want to set up the rest of the show for you? Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Can the Cubs win without Marcus Stroman? Is the question we're asking? We're going to talk to Nick Madrigal, the third baseman, second baseman, utility guy. For the Cubs at 9.30. We're going to talk to Marty Leonard's from WXRT, the best friend of everybody's best friend, Lynn Bramer, the late Lynn Bramer, who would have been celebrating a birthday today, a tribute to Lynn at Wrigley Field today, all day in Chicago. Uh, We're going to remember just a legend in the Chicago radio industry. And then at 10 o'clock, we're going to talk to Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro Leagues Museum. And Bob is going to join us because there's a tribute by Marquee, the Marquee Sports Network that is going to be on their air uh, tomorrow night, I believe, Bruce, all day tomorrow. So we have a great big show today to talk about the Cubs and the White Sox. But let's go back to Marcus Stroman because that is the news of the day and really the news of the week. We thought the Cubs were going to be in a position to contend, and they still can do that, Bruce. I still firmly believe the Cubs can get to the playoffs without Marcus Stroman but I also wonder about how far they can go without Marcus Stroman. This is what Marcus Stroman had to say on Friday after the odyssey you described about the cause, the mysterious cause of his injury. Was it like a one pitch type of
5: potential injury or cumulative? Like I said, I, I, I don't know. It's kind of a question mark. It's just, yeah, I felt, like I said, it felt like it was hard to breathe. Once I cooled down, I, I thought it was in my diaphragm. So I'm kind of still going from there.
2: They're didn't really under like they they seem pretty confused about us. So they, they don't see this normally with pitching,
5: right? So they I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't have an answer, man. Like like I said, I, I went to the ER. Was there for three hours. Ruled out appendicitis, gallbladder. I woke up. I got an MRI, and now I'm here. So I don't have any. I don't have any answers as far as how I got it. Like I said, I threw. Felt a little bit of a crampy feeling, but nothing crazy. And then once I cooled down, and like I said, it was really difficult, hard to breathe.
3: Bruce, you were one of the first people in town on the Mullen Hall Show Thursday morning to raise a question about how Marcus Stroman was injured and whether it happened during infield practice. Find out anything more about that despite the vague explanation from Stroman. No,
4: Sean, uh, I know you have some sound uh, there ready for uh, um, Marcus Stroman. I asked him that question directly, David. Let's hear what he had to say about that. You, you took an infield like you normally do. That's part of your routine. Did you feel it at all while you were uh, taking ground balls?
5: No, like I said, nothing nothing glaring, nothing crazy. I've been taking ground balls, like you said, my whole life, so that's, it's nothing new. Um, but, yeah, once I cooled down, I went right into the trainers, and I told them it was kind of felt like my diaphragm, like it was behind my ribs, and when I would exhale, I'd feel it. So nobody really had an answer at that time, and we're all still trying to kind of figure it out and process it now.
3: Bruce, I have questions, and I think that Mm -hmm. these are valid questions. How does a professional athlete that is in tune with every fiber of his being, typically, who is very much ahead of the curve in terms of being physically fit and getting the most out of every muscle, everything at his size, at his stature, how does he mysteriously come up with a – potentially season-ending injury without any idea how it happened?
4: Yeah, it's a great question, David. You know, you asked me when I was on with you and Mulley on Thursday if there was a blow to the body, which was a really good question because normally, uh, according to Stroman and the Cubs, uh, when we talked to Hoyer about this the other day, uh, he said that this is not an injury that usually ever happens to a pitcher. Okay. It's not, it's not related to throwing normally. Uh, and let, let's, let's reset this a little bit more. Marcus Stroman was on the IL for an entirely different injury, okay? He wasn't on the IL for any rib problem. He was on the IL because he uh, had a hip problem, according to him. He got a cortisone shot, and uh, he had been on the IL since uh, August 5th. Uh, to, to reset it a little bit more the reason he went on the il uh, because he had had his three previous starts he had de, had thrown a cumulative 10 and the third innings giving up 17 runs he had been totally ineffective from july 15th on in those three starts and then went on the il uh, not feeling well and then eventually a cortisone shot so This had nothing to do with any type of upper body injury. And we can use the hockey term today. Uh, This was a a, a new upper body injury that occurred. And after talking to Hoyer, after talking to Ross, after talking to Stroman, we still do not know how this injury occurred. Okay, And I I think all the questions were were asked, and he answered them all yesterday to his credit. Uh, but had no reason for it. Uh, you know, again, uh, you know, did he have an awkward throw in infield that eventually caused this, or the cumulative uh, side session and the uh, infield, once he got back to the bench and started feeling something, did that have an effect? And, and to, oh. uh, up, up to this moment, we still don't know, other than there was a fracture of his. Um, Cartilage near his rib cage.
3: Okay, I have two points I want to make before we get back to hearing from Strowman. The first one is, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, and I'm probably looking for things, but I'm asking, Jed Hoyer, the tone in his voice in describing maybe the frustration level, or maybe he not knowing, and and that is frustrating him. But it seemed like maybe Marcus Strowman has been rather high maintenance this season since he called his little. Uh, session in San Francisco and, and, and went public to control the narrative of his contract negotiations and now this season likely ends with a mysterious injury. I wonder, Bruce, before I get to my next point, what do you think is the level of frustration? Uh, if that's too strong, tell me what the Cubs are
4: feeling about this latest step. I think they're they're questioning exactly where all this is coming from because there wasn't a direct injury when he went on the IL, okay, the first time. For, uh, and eventually he got a cortisone shot because he, he said that, you know, he wasn't able to pitch the normal way that he, he always did because he wasn't able to follow through. His hips were locking up. He said after the cortisone shot he felt much better and that he was ready to go. But I think there was some frustration there to begin with. Now, with this injury uh, to the rib cage area and the cartilage uh, fracture, they don't know how this occurred. And there is, there's general questions. Um, I, I have a hard time questioning an athlete like Marcus Stroman, David, because he is an accomplished guy and a guy that helped the Cubs get to where they were at by being one of the best pitchers in the National League until mid-July. Uh, there's no reason in my mind to think that he wouldn't want to be out no. there. Let right? me clarify. I'm not yeah.
3: questioning whether he can pitch or wants to pitch. I'm wondering if there's still some frustration over not knowing how we got to this point. No, there's, Bruce, no there, there's no, there's there's no, no doubt. There's no clarity. with his we're,
4: we're spending opinion. our entire first segment on this, <laughs> trying to find out the the mystery, you know, uh, as to what occurred and, uh, you could see the frustration in his face as uh, yeah. myself and uh, eight other reporters were standing there talking to him yesterday. I said, to his credit, he came up and answered all those questions. He knew everybody wanted to know what was going on. He's a, a tremendously frustrated guy at this point because he's been told by doctors, uh, as he said uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the press conference, he, he's been told by doctors to rest for a couple of weeks and see what happens. Then he says, I don't know if this will be three, four or five weeks. Uh, it's it's a great unknown. I think it's a great unknown to the Cubs. Uh, when he said he talked to his doctors, he didn't say, you know, and doctors that he's used before, he didn't say he talked to any, any doctors with the Cubs. So this is a, uh, you know, this is a, and, and it's, it's also his choice, you know, as to right. trying to find out what's going on here. We do know the end result is, fracture of a cartilage which i had never heard before i i've never heard neither had i
3: and a lot of people hearing that for the first time here's the other point and i think it's the biggest one the cubs put themselves in a position number one to be buyers at the deadline and number two to be in the thick of a playoff push right now as we sit here this morning they're 62 and 59 three games back after losing to the royals four to three inexcusable loss by the way but they're three games back and they're still in the mix for the third wild card spot and they put themselves in position there, Bruce, largely without Marcus Stroman's contribution. Marcus Stroman, after London, has not been the same pitcher that he was the first two months of the season. He's one and four in seven starts since June 25th. That Cub team, when they left London, was was 37 and 39. They're 25 and 20 since, largely without Marcus Stroman. So I do believe firmly that the Cubs can get to the playoffs, whether it's via the wildcard spot or winning the division, without Marcus Stroman contributing in the starting rotation. Their starting rotation needs to be better. Tyone and Hendricks and all of the guys, Assad, all of the guys, but the Cubs do have enough to get to the playoffs without Marcus Stroman.
4: Well, I, I appreciate your opinion. I'm not quite sure I, I necessarily agree because of the depth of the of the pitching that you just mentioned. You you pinpointed it well, David. I mean, you, you're you right on top of it. I just don't think they have enough depth, and I think Stroman is a, is a big part of that. I think it's a huge part of it. Now, you, you point out well with great research that they've done extremely well while he's been out. Uh, the, the, the whole point is, during much of that, uh, the offense has carried the team. Okay. Uh, that's not always going to be the case. Uh, we've seen it over the last four games where they've lost three out of four. Okay. The offense is not always going to be there carrying the team. So they're going to have, have to find some depth from their minor leagues. They're going to have to find, uh, you know, Assad's going to have to continue to be the, the wonderful pitcher. He's been for them of late. And, um, Asking these guys to be better than they have been, I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's enough. I, I will say this. The heart of the Chicago Cubs is exciting to watch every day. They have tremendous heart. They have tremendous desire. When they lose, uh, they still take it down to the last at bat. That's a testament to Ross, the coaches, the players. Uh, it's kind of an antithesis of what we've seen on the south side this year, unfortunately. It's been, uh, it, there's there's been opposite stories and a lot of questions about the desire uh, uh, and the abilities of the Chicago White Sox this season.
3: So what is the best case scenario for the Cubs without Marcus Stroman? Or maybe the best case scenario, does it include him returning? This is what he had to say about that. But Any
6: best case scenario in your mind, anything like that? You-
5: I don't have. I don't have anything. Doctors don't either. So it's, it's, yeah, it's day by day. There's
6: no treatment that you're going through
5: or anything like that. It's just purely rest. Yeah, it's rest. I'm doing some modalities here and there, ice. But like I said, it's, it's hard to sleep. It's hard to sit for long periods of time. And it's hard to breathe at times when I'm sitting. So I'm just taking it day by day, honestly.
3: Bruce, obviously, there's some options. You referenced uh, life without Marcus stroman Javier side has stepped up. Hayden Wisniewski, you need more. Talk to me about what you think is at Iowa as potential options. We talked all week. Jordan Wicks, Ben Brown, anybody else out there, what do you think the Cubs do trying to look for solutions to this
4: mysterious problem? Well, first, uh, uh, you know, I only went to SIU, so uh, uh, help me with modalities that he's doing, okay? What, what might those things be? I, I'm not quite sure. Just what, another
3: Duke uh, grad talking over our heads.
4: <laughs> so... So I'm not sure about his modalities, but uh, I'm, I'm not trying to make light of the situation for him. It's, it's not funny for him or the Cubs, but uh, there are some possibilities. Uh, their number one pick, Jordan Wick, uh, is a possibility a left-hander that's been coming up in their system for the last couple of years. Ben Brown, who was acquired uh, from Philadelphia last year, is a solid pitcher who's been on the IL recovering from an arm injury, Uh, Hoyer alluded to him the other day, saying once he's good to go, that he is an option for them to turn to. Uh, It's gonna have to be some young pitching coming up. Uh, It's gonna have to be, uh, you know, because in September, as everybody remembers now, hopefully, you can only bring two players up. You can only add two players to your roster when it used to be unlimited. So, uh, so you have Brown, you have, you know, you have Wix, uh, you have Killian, you know, Sanders, but uh, somebody's going to have to stand up. And, uh, you know, uh, again, I, I think Brown is what they're looking at. You know, as far as what they want to do, I, I know they're not going deep down and going to a Horton or anything like that at this point.
3: Ben Brown is at the Arizona Complex rehabbing. Jed Hoyer talked about that possibility, I believe, and he may not be ready uh, for another week or so. Keegan Thompson has looked better at Iowa, but I don't know if he's the guy who's a candidate for, for uh, somebody worthy of that responsibility. Jameson Tyone pitched on Friday, and he labored through a start. He was better than he was his last time out. David Ross said it was a decent start, but he also addressed, as you were there, Bruce, postgame, what he needs to do to step up now.
2: It's no secret, Stro is one of the best pitchers in baseball for like two months, so we would love to get him back. I really have no clue what his timeline is or where he's going to be at, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good opportunity for me to kind of reset my year. Like, I, my numbers aren't going to get to where they need to be or where I'm used to, and that's okay. Like, all that matters is putting us in a position to win every fifth day going forward. Um, so, yeah, I have an opportunity in front of me to step up and, you know, prove why they went and got me and then also just someone like Assad. like I know we've probably harped on it but just super impressed with what he's done he stepped up in a huge way um, he's a great competitor uh, he's done everything this team's asked of him so happy with that but yeah it's it's a big opportunity and obviously we hope to get him back at some point.
3: Friend of the show Jameson Tyone you like to see a guy like that succeed easy guy to root for Bruce does he have it in him to be a consistent pitcher over the final 6 weeks.
4: I think he does and you know he's pitching in some big time programs obviously coming from the Yankees. So uh, I think he can back up what he says he's re- as you say David, friend of the show but just a refreshing straightforward guy. Not a you know he reminds me an awful lot of Kyle Hendricks. I mean uh, they they agree with premise from people when asked a question. If they don't they give you a good answer as to why not. Uh, these are you know, wonderful people to communicate with. But nonetheless, I think he's good enough. The, the, the question to me is depth. Okay, It's always depth with, you know, with 38 or 39 games left, 40 games left for the Cubs. Uh, can they get to the finish line with a pitching staff intact that's uh, still throwing enough innings from the starting rotation so that the bullpen doesn't wear out totally? by the uh, by the end of the season that that's the question for me
3: we've got a big show ahead marty Leonard from wxrt on the tribute to lynn bramer today bob kendrick from the negro leagues baseball museum also we'll talk about tim anderson for any of you sox fans who aren't on instagram we'll tell you what he had to say this week when we come back though nick magical he hit a big home run this week it wasn't the biggest of the week but it certainly made that other one matter even more next on inside the clubhouse chicago sports radio 670 the score
7: To support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
2: We're back with more inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw.
6: Fly ball, left field, pretty well hit. Back goes Benintendi. Back near the wall. That ball is gone. Pinch hit, home run, Nick Madrigal. And now it's a three-to-one ball game.
3: Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score: David Hawk Bruce Levine. Until eleven o'clock. What a week it was for the Cubs because of the Christopher Morrell walk-off home run, but that mattered because of what you just heard. Thank you, Pat Hughes and the score for that highlight. Nick Madrigal, a pinch hit home run. You don't hear that every day, and that brings us to our next guest presented on the score hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Good morning, Nick Madrigal. How are you doing? Hi, guys. Morning. Good, good. Thanks for having me on. So take us through that at bat. Take us through your emotions, your approach, and then – the the what you must have felt rounding the bases as the ball landed in the basket
8: yeah i mean uh going into the pinch hit you know um i would faced aaron bummer before you know and inner squads in the past and uh i think that was my first time against him uh, on another team but i mean i had an idea of what you know his pitches look like and I, I thought the whole time he was going to try to throw, he has a really good sinker, so, you know, I thought he, he was going to try to sneak one in there, but uh, threw me three sliders and just, you know, was fortunate enough to get, you know, a good piece on it, and, uh, you know, what I, I thought it was too high to go out, to be honest with you, you know, I, I knew I got it good, but I thought it was too high, and then especially when it was creeping towards that. You know the little gap, uh, the fence that goes a little bit farther. I thought there's no no way, but you know Wrigley Day. Sometimes that wind catches it, and uh, you know luckily it went out.
4: Nick, uh, thanks thanks again for taking some time out with David and myself today on Inside the Clubhouse. And I, I just want to, uh, you know, probably get to the you know the um, gorilla in the room, and that is you know the idea that uh, there's there's so much drama going on you know around. Uh, you know, the injuries to uh, different players and especially to to Marcus Stroman right now. What uh, how do you how do you look at this uh, situation for the team? And how is it? How is the team and the players on the team uh, gotten their heads around a situation that Marcus himself doesn't really understand what's going on?
8: Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, I know firsthand in this game, you know, injuries are part of the game and just You know, they are frustrating. And, uh, I mean, every single person at Clubhouse wants Marcus out there um, on the mound in the big games. And, um, you know, hopefully it's, it's, uh, you know, sooner rather than later he's back out there. But, you know, I've been in his position. And, you know, sometimes there's not much you can control. And just, you know, it's part of the game. And, uh, you know, hopefully things progress, you know, here in the next week or two. But, um, yeah, I know everyone in the Clubhouse really wants him back out there. And, uh, you know, we're pouring for him.
3: So, Nick, how do you balance that? Because it's got to be deflating to know that one of the guys that has been very good the first two months, one of the best pitchers in baseball, might not be available. And that reality setting in and the deflating feeling versus the idea that, you know what, you guys are pretty good and you are in this position with, with, as Stroman has struggled. You guys have ascended in the standing. So there's got to be a mixture of emotions and feelings at, at this point. How would you describe that overall mindset?
8: Right. You know, I, I think over the course of the year, you know, um, I mean, injuries are part of it, like I said, and it's, I mean, it's the next person up. Obviously we want Stroman out there and there's not many people in the league that are better than him out there, but um, you know, a- until he gets healthy, you know, it's the next man up. We're in a, in the middle of a of a race and just every game matters. You know, I know Aside has stepped in and given us some huge innings. is going to be huge. I mean, you name it, there's going to gonna be a lot of people to, to lean on, you know, and, uh, you know, we're confident in this group from the pitching side to the offensive side, you know, I, I think we can do it. And, uh, you know, it, it's an important games right now, like I said, but um, there's no time to, you know, feel down about ourselves or look back or anything like that. Um, you know, this is an important time of season.
4: When, when I heard, uh, you know, in spring training that they were going to have you play third base, Nick, frankly, I said well, they're trying to push him off of this team. Is that what they're doing? Uh, what, what, you know, what tells you that Nick Madrigal is a third baseman? He was, he was a, uh, you know, one of the great college players at second base. He was a, a high draft pick by the White Sox as a second baseman. What makes you the Chicago Cubs think that he can be a third baseman? I, I was, I, I felt that it was just okay. He'll try this. And they'll, they'll move him somewhere else. they will play second base. To your credit, to their credit, uh, you have made yourself not into a, uh, a passing third baseman, but a good third baseman. Talk about the, the work that you put in there and also um, the shock of hearing first and foremost that they wanted you to play third base uh, in spring training.
8: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you're not the only one that thought, you know, maybe that they would just throw that out there and see if something stuck, you know, I think uh, in the beginning, I mean, even just hearing from, you know, their side of it, it was kind of one of those things, you know, that that was the only spot that might be open maybe for playing time at all, you know, so I just, you know, for me, I I didn't know what to expect. I, I really believed in myself and just thought, you know, if some of these, you know, bigger body guys who aren't as you know quick side to side as me um you know if they could do it you know why can't i do it you know i know it might look a little different from you know the arm strength or you know the body wise but you know i, I really did believe i could do it you know and just i knew it would take some reps i know it is still a work in progress to this point but um you know i've worked extremely hard with the coaching staff just every day trying to you know get better out there and uh, yeah i mean I, I feel like you know it, I still am learning things on the run, you know, different situations. But, um, you know, I I give a lot of credit to the staff and just, uh, yeah, I feel all right out there so far.
3: Talking with Nick Magical from the Cubs for another moment or so. And, Nick, obviously your home run meant something in the grand scheme of things because of what Christopher Morrell did next. He came up. He has the walk-off home run. It was an electric moment. I wonder – have you experienced anything like that? How would you describe it? Where were what was your vantage point from the Christopher Morrell home run and have you ever seen anybody run around the bases like that?
8: Yeah, that was uh that was probably one of the most fun games I've been part of. You know, I didn't you know, I wasn't in for the entire game, but for the last three innings, I mean those were incredible, you know, just uh, from one guy to the next, strong walks, just the build up to the situation and then for him to come through, um, I mean, that crowd was unbelievable too. That's probably one of the loudest crowds I heard. And just the whole scene of it was, was, uh, so much fun. You know, I, uh, I was coming up fourth, fourth that inning. So, um, you know, I was on the top step and then once it started creeping later in the count, I, I, I actually had to go down to the bench to check the scouting report to get ready for possibly my event. And then, Sure enough, I heard the crowd, and I raced up to the top step and just saw him flying around the bases. And, uh, yeah, it was just so much fun to be a part of. Uh, The the fun thing about watching
4: the Cubs this year, Nick, is um, you guys fight to the last out, and you seem to always be in it. And uh, the Cub fans seem to be getting their money's worth uh, every game. How shocked were you yesterday? And do you think this will ever happen again? that you are called on to pinch hit for the guy that leads the team in home runs. Okay. In the late part of a game. Uh, Were you, were you ready for that Rossi move yesterday?
8: You know, I, uh, I thought there was a possibility. So, I mean, for an inning or two, you know, I was, I was getting warm, but um, you know, I I know uh, Rossi and the staff has done that a good amount this year, pinch hitting in different situations, if there's matchups, things like that. So, um, you know, they gave me a heads up, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just try to stay ready for whatever they throw at me. You know, I know, uh, different situations or knowledge they have that, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I just try to stay ready for whatever they throw at me. Got to
3: ask you, Nick, was that home run the other night any more special because it came against the White Sox?
4: <laughs> you know,
8: I, I was bummed out earlier in the year when I missed the White Sox series coming off of the rehab stand. You know, I was trying to get back, and it just didn't line up. So I, I just wanted to get in there against those guys, um, whatever it may be, if it was a pinch hit, if it was a start. You know, I was anxious to get on the field with those guys that, you know, I've known for years. So, um, you know, it definitely felt good, but I just wanted to contribute in that series any way I could. Nick, thank you so much for
3: your time. You've had a heck of a week in a really resurgent season. And I think you a lot of people looking forward to what's ahead for the Cubs and you specifically. So thanks for joining us this morning.
8: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having
3: me. Nick Madrigal, third baseman. Do every Mr. Everything in the infield for the Cubs, depending on what the Cubs need, Bruce. I think he's uh, he's an easy guy. You know, Cubs have a lot of likable characters in that clubhouse. I think that's part of what makes this season as fun as it has been.
4: Well, I root for this guy, not because he's uh, uh, smaller in stature or lesser as a player, but because of uh, all the injuries and adversity that he's come back from, thrown into a position that he probably would have never thought in his mind he'd ever hear before. And then watching him, David, in BP every day, work uh, early, work hard, and just trying to hone his skills to be a, a solid major league player at whatever position they uh, they call him at. And uh, it, it's fun to watch. You know, again, the Cubs are a nice story. They're they're a fun team to watch. Um, and he and he's a big part of that. Uh, just uh, the David Ross team puts together 26 guys every day that believe they can have an impact and seem to always be ready to go in and do something.
3: It's the, been the kind of season that Lynn Bramer would have loved and it will be a tribute to Lynn today in Gallagher Way at Wrigley Field. And we will talk to one of his best friends next here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
6: Today on The Score, we're getting you set for the Bears preseason game against the Colts. Will Justin Fields and company light up the scoreboard again? Mark Grody will be live from Indy, 11 a.m. to 1245, with the full preview. And then after the game, hang out with Gabe Ramirez with instant post-game reaction, right here on Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This segment is brought to you by ChicagoDogs.com. Don't miss Chicago Dogs baseball this week at Impact Field in Rosemont. Thursday is $2 canned beer and fireworks Friday. The first 1,200 kids receive backpack and Saturday is Star Wars with fireworks. Get your tickets now at chicagodogs.com. Hey friends, Mat's Matt here for
0: Brew Pub Lots of Matza Pizza. You know, so many of us are guilty of living in the land of lookbacks while camping out on the cot of comfort. We miss out on the goodness of today because we're stuck on the what was of yesterday. Enter BrewPub Lots of, of Pizzas. BrewPub pizzas are a premium frozen pizza that are bombarded with high quality meat and veggie toppings, then loaded with over half a pound of award-winning Wisconsin mozzarella cheese. They've changed the frozen pizza stereotype from, ah, it tastes like sauce on cardboard, to, wow, this is delicious. It's frozen? So see for yourself and snag a Pub pizza at your grocery store today.
9: The PGA Tours FedEx Cup is coming back to Chicago. The top 50 players in the world converge on Olympia Fields Country Club for the 2023 BMW Championship August 15th through the 20th. Olympia Fields' Fame North Course will deliver the ultimate test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are available now. Secure your place to watch golf's best compete in the penultimate event of the PGA Tours FedEx Cup. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. That's BMWChampionship.com.
6: You can sell your home, but is it for top dollar? Before you take an instant offer with another company, make sure you know what your home is worth. When it's time to buy or sell your home, call the agent I trust. That agent is Sarah Leonard. Last fall, Stephen and Renee were thrilled to send off their youngest child to college, but quickly realized that their Elmhurst home was now too big for just the two of them. Stephen and Renee chose Sarah, who quickly put together a plan to coordinate an estate sale and recommended painters and a handyman to get the house ready to sell. After just a few weeks, their home was on the market while they searched for a smaller property in Kane County. Sarah's team found them a perfect three-bedroom ranch on a large lot about 30 miles west of Elmhurst. They received a great offer at their listing price just three days after putting their home on the market and were able to move into their new place on closing day. Call Sarah Leonard at 224-239-3966 or Google Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Leonard, or online at (laughs) sarahleonardsells.com. 7 cars for kids. KARS
2: Cards for
3: Kids.
5: 1877 cards for kids. Donate your car today. 1877 cars for kids. KARS Cars for Kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today.
6: Donate your car today at carsforkids.org. Your car, running or not, can be picked up as soon as the next day. No title, no problem. Call 877 cars for kids or go online at carsforkids.org to donate today. one
4: 877 cars for kids kars cars for kids one 877 cars for kids Donate
6: your car today. Now accepting donations of land, homes, buildings, or any kind of real estate
9: at the ups store you can ship it all we're your bulky sports equipment shipping store your heavy luggage shipping store your fancy art shipping store we're even your i can't believe it's already time for back to school shipping store so visit your neighborhood we ship it all store for dependable ups shipping with easy to use tracking and competitive rates the ups store be unstoppable the ups store locations are independently owned product services pricing and hours may vary see center for
4: details JeffVuk.com is on your side. Jeff Vukovich Nationwide Insurance has been the most reliable insurance agent for auto, home, and commercial insurance since 1978. Vuk and his staff will take care of all of your insurance needs with professionalism and a friendly touch catered to you personally. For insurance assurance, Jeff Vukovich Nationwide Insurance is the man to trust. Contact Vuk at JeffVuk.com. JeffFook.com is on your side.
9: I'm Lynn Bramer, your best friend in the whole world. And while you've heard all roads lead to Rome, some roads lead from Chicago. This is Chicago.
3: Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago sports radio, 67 to the score. David Hawk, Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock talking baseball with you out there. now it's time to pay tribute to a dear friend, dearly departed friend Lynn Bramer who will be honored today at Wrigley Field in a season that Lynn would love. He, he is going to be uh, they're going to pay tribute to Lynn all day long all night long and that brings us to our next guest on the score hotline by Circa Resort a Casino in Las Vegas home of the world's largest sports book. Marty Leonard's was the best friend to everybody's best friend and he joins us now and inside the clubhouse. Good morning Marty. How are you?
2: Oh, hi, David, and hello, Bruce, and thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, it's pretty great to be on my uh, second favorite radio station this morning, so thanks a lot.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Understand that, Marty, of course, the morning guy on WXRT, friend of Lynn for many years. Marty, there are a lot of things going on at the ballpark today at Clark and Addison. We'll get to the details in a moment, but I just want to ask you to begin with, knowing Lynn as well as you did, how much fun would he have had with this season that the Cubs are putting together right now?
2: Lynn loved to ride the roller coaster, as we all do as Cubs fans. And, uh, yeah, Lynn would have enjoyed this season a lot. And one of the things I, I miss, along with going to the games with Lynn, because I think I've gone to more Cubs games over the last 40 years with Lynn than than anyone, um, I miss uh, his in-game texts. They were always very funny. <laughs> very, very pointed, very sarcastic, and also on the on the other hand, uh, very inspiring, and you know everything that is being a Cubs fan. Uh, Lynn and I, like I said, we've gone to Wrigley Field so many times. We've experienced all the ups, all the downs, from uh, you know game uh, game uh, six NLCS uh, playoffs in 2003 through the uh, World Series win, and and then all the games or years that uh, really were pretty inconsequential, but we always had so much fun at the ballpark. Lynn was uh, a man with great energy and a great love for the Cubs, especially for someone from New York who didn't grow up a Cubs fan, but who embraced the team when he moved to Chicago like uh, no one else.
4: Uh, Marty, let's be honest. Uh, The reason you went to so many games with Lynn is because he always got free tickets and and you guys always got in, but, that's not uh, the know, case, Lynn Bramer. No, wait, 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 Bruce. That's not the case. Uh, Lynn was a
2: season okay. ticket holder for many, many years, and uh, know, there was a big I group know. of us who had season tickets, and we uh, we shared them quite well. So that's that's where those came from.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that, but uh, the the idea of music and and sports, and baseball in particular here, resonates so well, Marty, with people. Okay. There are two of the major escapes in the world for people, and especially for people in Chicago, that you and Lynn and all the great people at XRT provided, ha, have provided for us for over the last 40 years. Can you talk a little bit about the symmetry of those two and, and how Lynn helped people embrace both? Well, um,
2: I think we are all fortunate that we work on the radio in Chicago for as many years as we have. And that we've been able to experience uh, rock and roll in so many different venues in the city of Chicago, so many different rock shows, and also so many baseball games together. And there is a symmetry there because it's all a celebration. And even though for many years, you know, the the Cubs have disappointed us, and uh, it's still it's it's all the same thing. It's just people in Chicago sharing this short summer season that we have. And uh, if you can do it with baseball and going to outdoor rock shows and and just enjoying the music and playing music, playing new music like we do on XRT, it's always a new experience every year. And, uh, Talking with you know, Lynn celebrated that probably better than most.
3: Marty Leonards from WXRT joined us inside the clubhouse. Big day at Wrigley Field today. It would have been Lynn Bramer's 69th birthday. Lynn passed away earlier this year due to cancer. And, Marty, they have a big day planned beginning with a special culinary experience at Gallagher Way, (laughs) a limited edition Lynn's binge cap available for the first 1,000 fans that purchase uh, tickets through the special ticket offer, a 50-50 raffle where one winner will take home half of the net proceeds and the other will benefit uh, Nourishing Hope and Intonation, the other charity of Lynn's choice. And then later, it's going to be a great musical night because following the game, At 7 o'clock, it's already sold out. A celebration of Lynn Bramer will be held at the Metro just across the street. And so what are you looking forward to the most today? I think even one of Lynn's family members will throw out the first pitch, so there's all kinds of opportunities to reminisce and remember some of the things you're talking about this morning. What will you remember and look forward to going through the rest of the day?
2: Well, the one thing that has struck me since Lynn has been gone and going to Cubs games this year uh, it's almost unimaginable to be in Wrigley Field without Lynn sitting next to me or in the row in front of me. But what I've felt at the games is I've felt Lynn's presence at all times. I look at the aisle that he would walk up, and I, and I see him, and I feel his presence at the game. And I think that's what it's going to be today because he will be in the ballpark uh, spiritually and uh, virtually. Uh, like you said, his brothers are throwing out the first pitch to the game Uh Lynn's favorite songs will be played throughout the ball game, all handpicked by Terry Hemmer. So we'll hear those. Uh, Lynn will sing the seventh inning stretch in uh, uh, virtually the video that he, that was shot when he did it a, a number of years ago. So it's just going to be fantastic. And the, uh, the Lynn's binge before the game, just want to let people know who are going to the game today. It starts in about a half hour at 1020 and it'll for three hours leading up to game time, and for uh, ten dollars you get food vouchers from some of Chicago's top chefs. Friends of Lynn, you know, friend Lynn had had many friends in the restaurant business because Lynn frequented many restaurants. He uh, he uh, he was as much a gourmand as he is a music fan and uh, and baseball fan. So that will be going on before the game. So if you are going to the game, make sure you stop into Gallagher Way to get in on that part of the celebration and. You know, I think we're all just going to enjoy baseball in Chicago. It's going to be a beautiful day. No matter what happens, we will celebrate and enjoy our best friend in the whole world and remember him in the best way possible. And that's it. the day at Wrigley Field and then a concert tonight at Metro. So it's, it's it's going to be a long day, but a day we'll all remember forever.
3: Lynn didn't sleep anyway, so he would appreciate no, he this didn't. kind of stamina <laughs> required for a day like today. But it is a remarkable gesture by everybody involved to basically somebody. Yes, Lynn was a celebrity in our world, the media world we live in and work in happily, but this is a, this is also a testament of just his Cub fandom. He was relentless. He was positive. He was devoted. And this is a tribute to that kind of devotion all day, all night, today.
2: That's true. That's true. It's going to be all day. And uh, Lynn always said something to me when <clears throat> I would uh, – be disappointed and have my heart ripped out of my chest by just an inconsequential game and uh, he would say marty what did you expect it's the cubs (laughs) and then he'd give me a hug and you know that's what i remember the most of going to games with lynn along with the high fives
3: (laughs) great memories marty thank you for joining us this morning have a great time today out at wrigley field honoring lynn bramer on what would have been his 69th birthday
2: Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having
3: me on. Marty Leonard's from WXRT, the morning guy, uh, just uh, in the same building. Bruce is our Odyssey partners and, and part of the, the radio family that we belong to and just going to be a special day at Wrigley Field today, remembering a legend.
4: You know, the commonality of uh, Lynn Brummer, the guy that walked with the Kings in music and always brought it back to being just Lynn and the friend of the music listeners, and just another guy was the beauty of of Lynn, uh, the fact that uh, he could talk to Mick Jagger and uh, to you and I, uh, and and not make it any different. Uh, he was he was just a beautiful guy, and uh, I'm going to be out there celebrating his life as well with everybody else today. Speaking of
3: tributes, the Marquee Sports Network has one planned. It's going to be a special one itself, to honor and highlight the Negro League's history this weekend on the Marquee Sports Network. We will talk to Bob Kendrick next about that. It's inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670
0: The Score.